0: I'm Kyle Northcutt. Welcome to the Kids Learn Career Show. Each week I ask a different person about their job so you can know what your options are out in the world. My guest today is Rachel Mamagonian, a literacy consultant. Rachel, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Kyle. Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for being here. First off, can you tell me what a literacy consultant is and what it's like to be one?
1: Sure. I've gone back and forth with different names for my job. Sometimes I consider myself a reading specialist, um, dyslexia specialist. And recently I've kind of adopted this new title of literacy consultant because now in addition to my tutoring with students, I am working for Rivendell School again. I used to teach there several years ago, and now I'm back with them part-time working on some different literacy things. So I help develop curriculum. I answer questions for teachers. I meet with students sometimes and help the school to further develop their literacy curriculum in addition to my tutoring that I do at my home with students.
0: Cool. So what kinds of things do you actually do day-to-day at work?
1: So every day I have my students who I see either during the school day sometimes, but mostly after school. I work um, usually a couple hours after school with a few students for an hour each. And that's when I do my dyslexia tutoring. But then my schedule kind of varies when I am actually working as a consultant, because it all depends on when the teachers need me or what's happening that week. Sometimes I have a lot to get done for adding in some trainings for teachers or some literacy coaching for teachers. And then other weeks, there's not as much to do. So it just kind of varies um, with that part of it. But I do typically see students every day.
0: Cool. so when did you first know you wanted to do this kind of work?
1: I knew when I was in college that I wanted to specialize in teaching reading. I have always worked with kids. My first jobs when I was 15 and 16 was babysitting. And then that kind of took on more responsibility with nannying and I worked in a daycare and I knew that I wanted to go to school for teaching. So I went to CSU and I got my bachelor's degree in human development and family studies. So I did a lot of work with early childhood then. And that's how I got my teaching certificate. And when I was in those classes in college, One of them was how to teach reading as a teacher. And that was my favorite class that I took in college. I loved getting into the schools, working with kids, understanding how to teach reading, understanding how to diagnose different reading difficulties and figure out what it is exactly that kids need to be working on with their reading, whether that's um, fluency, comprehension, phonemic awareness, vocabulary, There's a lot of different things that you can get in and figure out what to work on with a student. And I really enjoyed that process. That class was called the Diagnostic Teaching of Reading. And that's when I really started to think, I think that I really want to just focus on teaching reading. So as soon as I was done with my undergraduate degree, I went right into graduate school and I got my master's in literacy because I knew that I wanted to be a reading specialist of some type and at that point I imagined myself being in a school still full-time being a reading specialist Um, but I was in the classroom for a few years and I taught pre-k kindergarten and first grade and I loved that I loved being in the classroom but I still really felt like my specialty and what I was best at teaching was reading and that's one of the biggest compliments that I got when I was a classroom teacher from parents at conferences who would say wow I just am so impressed with how much my child has learned how to read in your class. And that's when I felt like I really had a special talent in being able to do that. And so I decided to kind of go off and start a tutoring business. um, And then eventually now doing some consulting and helping teachers teach reading.
0: Cool. so I know you just talked about this a bit, but did you do any other jobs or careers before or other than those? And can you tell us a bit more about the path you took to get here?
1: Mm, I really didn't do anything other than working with kids that's kind of what I knew I wanted to do from the very beginning. I did work in a restaurant, but it was just for a couple of months. And I decided that was not for me because it was too fast paced and too stressful. Mm-hmm. And I really did not like that very much. So I didn't last long with that. And that was just when I was student teaching because I wanted to make a little bit of extra money. But mm-hmm. you know, other than that, it's always been babysitting and nannying. And then that eventually just turned into teaching. And then now specializing. In reading, I I was one of the lucky people who knew very early on in my life exactly what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. and I'm glad for that because I know that that's not everybody's path. I know that sometimes people really have to experiment and try lots of different jobs before they find something that's right for them, and that's a great thing too because that's how you know that you really do love what you've picked. Um, But I've, I've I've sometimes wondered about other jobs and what I what I might be good at, but I know that I'm in the right field. And, and I'm glad that I was able to find what I loved when I was so young, because that gives me a long time to be able to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you like most and least about your job?
1: The thing that I like my about my job the most is working with students. Obviously, that's really why I do what I do and why I've kind of come to specialize in dyslexia specifically. Uh, it's been really interesting for me to work with students who have this learning difference, um, which a lot of people actually have a lot of um, misconceptions about. There's a lot of myths about dyslexia, what it is or what it isn't, Um, but really all it is is a difference in the way that the brain processes language. And so what Mm -hmm. I do is getting in with students and kind of retraining their brain to learn the code of reading. And there's actually a lot of science behind it um, that's been coming to light more recently in education called the science of reading that really just helps teachers and educators, researchers, everybody who's in that field to understand um, the brain science behind why that works. And so it's been interesting for me to work with students who are dyslexic and to just to understand how it is that they learn and the strengths they have. Because those who have dyslexia, there's a a big number, 20% of people of the population in any country or any language, 20% of people have dyslexia and so it's really interesting to work with these people with these students and to see the strengths that they have because there's so many strengths that go along with it just because reading is something that's more difficult with this learning difference it means that there's a lot of other strengths on the other side of the brain that are actually stronger than most people like being able to solve problems or be creative or have really good people skills um And it's, it's really amazing, like visual spatial skills. It's really Mm -hmm. amazing to see those strengths and to be able to teach kids that they're capable of learning to read and being successful and helping them to find what they're good at along the way. It's, it's really great to see kids grow in that way. But then the downfall is that I wish that I could help more kids every day. I wish that I could help all the kids in the whole world. And I wish that I could take on more and more students, but you know, there's only so many hours in the day that I'm able to work with kids and have students. And there's a lot of times where I have a waiting list or I have to turn people down. And that's the part of my job that I really don't like. I just wish that I could have more hands and more hours and (laughs) more time to to teach all of the kids, but I do the best that I can with the time that I have. And that's why I really like the consulting part of my job that I've kind of added in recently with being able to help on a school-wide level of kind of changing some curriculum so that, um, so that all students are learning how to read in a way that's really beneficial. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, a word from our sponsor. Looking for a way to start making some good money this summer? Start picking up plastic film recyclables, like shipping air pillows, plastic bags, plastic packaging, and more from your neighbors. These items cannot be put in your curbside recycling bin, but can be recycled at multiple locations throughout your city. I started doing this over a year ago in my neighborhood and make about $150 a month for about an hour of work. I don't know about you, but that's way more than my normal allowance. I even teamed up with my good friend, Micah, and created a course that teaches you exactly how to make a business like this yourself. Check out kidsgreenteam.com for more information. Okay, let's get back to the show. So I know you already talked about this, but do you have any other levels of education do you have? And were any of those required for your job either?
1: Well, for my teaching job, it was required to have a bachelor's degree. Mm-hmm. And then with that comes the Colorado teaching license. So that was required. Um, but then it was my decision to go on and get my master's degree, which not, is not necessarily required for what I do. But most of the time, that's a good endorsement to have. Uh, which is just having that kind of specialized ability in the field of reading.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how much money would someone starting out in your field expect to make? And what's the long-term income potential?
1: Well, let's see. It's interesting because I, with starting my own business, was able to set my own rates. So Mm -hmm. that was something that was kind of new to me, going from a teacher's salary to kind of being able to decide what I thought it was worth to charge um, for my services with teaching, reading, and specializing in dyslexia. So I charge an hourly rate now of $80 an hour. And so that allows me to work part-time because I'm making a little bit more in the hours that I am working during the day. And it gives me some more free time so that I'm working less, but still making still making a good income.
0: Cool. So how much free time do you have? Like you work a traditional 40 hour work week more or less?
1: I work quite a bit less than a traditional 40 hour work week. Uh, When I was teaching, it was certainly more than 40 hours a week because it ends up just being extra projects and things that you do after school or before school. And it gets really busy um, talking with parents and uh, the life of a teacher is very busy. So That's something that even though I love being in the classroom, it was something that was definitely a big workload. And now that I'm doing what I do, I'm able to work about 15 hours a week. And it's really nice to be able to have some more free time because I like to be at home. I like to be with my dogs. I like to kind of um, be able to get things done during the day. And um, it definitely freed up a lot of my time when I decided to be part time and i've really enjoyed that i feel like i have a much better balance of of free time and not not getting too stressed so it's
0: nice mm-hmm. yeah so what advice do you have for young people considering what you do for their job
1: i think it's really important to just do what you love and to just mm-hmm. think about what it is that makes you happy and to find your strength like what i work on with kids all the time is helping kids to find what they're good at and to notice things that maybe they need to work on a little bit more but everyone has something that they really excel at and something that is special to them that they're able to do out in the world that's going to help people. And I really think, you know, all jobs help people in some way. All jobs are made to benefit our society. And that looks really different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important for kids to remember that not all jobs require going to college. and. Especially with what I do in my dyslexia work, I see that especially with students who have learning differences, school can be a a big challenge. And so it's really tough for some people, especially once they get to be adults and think about going to college, school's just not the right choice for many people to continue on in their training. And sometimes it's more beneficial to just start working once you finish high school or to find a trade school or find something that you're really good at that is going to be just as good as somebody who got a four-year degree there's all kinds all types of jobs out there that need people to be doing them and not all of it requires going to college so i really would encourage kids to do what they want to do that is going to be meaningful for them and that's going to bring purpose to their life so that they can find something that they love Um, whether or not that means going to a university or a you know, a two-year associate's degree. There's all different things that are going to be options for for people based on how they learn that are going to help them to be successful.
0: Yeah. So this one is borrowed from Tim Ferriss, a bestselling author and one of the top podcasters in the world. What is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made?
1: For me, I think it was getting my master's degree. Now Mm -hmm. I know this goes against everything that I just said. For most people, it's not always going to be beneficial to continue on with school. Mm -hmm. But for me, I really loved it. And so it made sense that I wanted to keep learning. I wanted to keep growing. I call, oh, I call myself a lifelong learner all the time because I'm so interested in learning new things. And you know, even I, as a teacher, don't have all the answers. There's times where I still learn things from my students or I still learn things from other people or on my own. If I wonder about something, I can go and read about it. And so that's something that I really encourage kids to do too, is to see themselves as lifelong learners and to just continue doing training in the field that they're in and that might look like college that might look like something else but to just continue learning and growing in the things that you're interested in and for me that investment was choosing to go to another two years of school right after Mm -hmm. I finished four years of college it was a long time that I was in school but I really loved it and it was something that I knew I wanted to do and something in the long run that allowed me to have a business specializing Mm -hmm. in something where I can charge a little bit more because I'm an expert in what I do. And I have those credentials that allow me to, um, to do that. So it's, it's really nice and definitely an investment that I made with my time and money, but now I'm at the point where that's kind of, it's paying off. So it's, Mm -hmm. it's really beneficial.
0: Yeah. So was there a time in your life where you felt like you completely failed at something, but it ended up helping later on in life?
1: Yeah, so the program that I use in my tutoring is called the Barton Reading and Spelling Program. And it's one of the best programs for helping kids learn how to read. It's designed for dyslexia. And it was originally meant to be a program for parents to use at home with their kids. And then that kind of grew into a tutoring realm because a lot of parents wanted to hire someone to teach their kids. A lot of parents who maybe themselves struggled with reading and wanted to have someone else come in and do that for them. So it became something that is a really big um, sought out business for tutoring. So Orton-Gillingham is kind of the umbrella term for this type of tutoring. And then the Barton program that I use falls under that. And there is a certification program for tutors that you can go through. And it's basically just an endorsement from the creator of the program who says, you know, yep, you're good at this. I, I see that you know what you're doing and a lot of times um, people who are certified in the program charge a little bit more as a tutor and then they get put on a special list of tutors that can be found by zip code. So if someone's looking for a tutor, you get put on this list where it's just a little bit more marketing for you and it's a very strict certification. So you have to do a Zoom call with the creator of the program, Susan Barton, mm-hmm. Was a little bit intimidating. And you have to pretend like she's a student and do a tutoring session with her. And she watches to make sure that you do everything perfectly, that word for word, you're following through the script and you're doing exactly everything the way that she would do it. But because I was a Rivendell teacher and our focus is, I guess I should say, still am a Rivendell teacher, and our focus is individualizing for students. A lot of what I've done has become adopted over the years and or adapted over the years and changed. And I have really kind of added my own style to the way that I teach reading. And I bring in some different tools and I don't always do things word for word the way this program might suggest. And so I didn't pass that certification program. And I was so disappointed because I felt like I failed and I felt like I've been doing this for so long and I'm so good at this and I've had results with all these students who I tutor. So why would I not pass this, this um, like training kind of thing, I guess you could call it. And I was really, really set back feeling like, you know, maybe I'm not good at this. Maybe I didn't work hard enough. Um, and you can still be a tutor if you don't have the certification, it's just kind of an extra bonus to have, but not getting that, I was really, really wondering about, you know, what did I do wrong? And then I kind of realized that, you know, it's okay. I don't need someone else to tell me that I'm good at what I do. I know that I'm good at what I do. And all of the students and parents who I've worked with, who've given testimonials about their experience working with me and how much I've changed their child's life and their family's life by identifying a trajectory of dyslexia and intervening at an early age where it's going to Um, make a big difference for that student lifelong. Those are the stories that empower me and make me feel like what I do is really important work. And so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I didn't necessarily need this extra endorsement, you know, just something extra to put on my resume or something extra to tell people that I have. Um, I realized I didn't need that and that my confidence could just come from me and knowing that my hard work was good enough and that what I was doing was really important work.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So is there a person in your life, like a parent, grandparent, teacher, coach, or mentor that made a huge impact on you? If so, in what way? And would you like to give that person a quick shout out?
1: You know, I think it's more than one person. I think it's every student who I've ever worked with has had an impact on me in some way. Um, Every student who I've ever had in my class, every student who I've ever tutored, even students who maybe weren't in my class, but I just saw them around school Um, Even kids back from when I was student teaching, I have remembered every student's name and I always get excited to see them, especially as they get older and they still come back to say hi to me. It's really exciting to just see where those kids are at and Um, to think about all the memories that I have with them, because like I said, I'm, I'm learning from kids just as much as they're learning from me. Kids teach me things all the time. And it's really cool to see what they know and and the things that they can share with me. And especially um, working with dyslexic students, it's really amazing to see just the drive that they have and how they don't give up, even though Mm -hmm. reading is really hard for them they get past it and that just shows so much about being motivated and confident and working hard and believing in yourself and it really is so cool for me to see every single day that these kids just keep going even though this is really tough and that's something that uh, really inspires me so yeah to answer your question it's it's lots of people lots of kids all the Mm -hmm. students who I've ever worked with have been um, very impactful for me.
0: Yeah, so knowing what you know now, would you have done anything differently growing up?
1: Hmm, I don't think so. I think you know, like I said, I'm I'm fortunate that I found my path young and that I was able to get right into what I loved and and start working and mm-hmm. being with kids. Uh, there's times where I still kind of wonder, you know, maybe I could have been a nurse or maybe I could have done this. Um, But I I think I really am happy with the way my path led me and where I am today and a lot of hard work and being determined. But, you know, I'm at the point now where it's cool to look back and see how far I've come. And I'm excited to help other kids or to help kids do the same thing with their life.
0: Yeah. So what's the best advice you have for young people who want to be successful in life and in their work?
1: I think my best advice is to just do what you love, find what you love, find what you feel is going to make a difference, what makes you feel good, what can help the people around you. And at the end of the day, finding something that doesn't feel like work, something that's really fun and something you enjoy and something that you can see yourself doing for a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Now it's time for the joke of the day. What falls in winter, but never gets hurt?
1: Hmm. I don't know, Kyle. Tell me what it is. Snow. Oh,
0: that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks again for joining us on the Kids Learn Career Show. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and tell your friends. See you next time.